following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a hump day edition of Talking Cowboys as Seahawks week is upon us. The Falcons, they're in the rearview mirror. It was a 40-39 win. You're back to 500, but now it's time to take that next step, to take that next benchmark moment and go up against the Seattle Seahawks. And we're talking Cowboys. We're going to break it down for you for the next 45 minutes. Cowboys defense versus the Seattle offense. How in the world, are we going to slow down Russell Wilson heading into Sunday? So glad you're with us here on DallasCowboys.com and the various platforms in which we're streamed. Isaiah Stanback, our resident Super Bowl champion. Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. And Isaiah, you know, one thing I've always respected about you specifically as a member of this show is because you do have that Washington allegiance sometimes. You have that, that UW pride. Mm-hmm. We mentioned it a little bit yesterday. You have that mm-hmm. pride for the great mm-hmm. Northwest, and I, I respect that. But you still, That's home. That's it, home. as a former Cowboy in your own right, you, you found a way to, to make mm-hmm. that background specifically about the Cowboys. And you have yeah. a couple Cowboys helmets up there. Yeah. You've got the, the, the painting I got the in the back. Up there. I got the yeah, my first touchdown. Yeah, um, and then I have another. Whoa! Oh. Whoa! You are got you gotta be kidding me. What is the matter with you? I, what I, is I, a, I, I swear I, that was what? a Cowboys helmet yesterday. It was a Cowboys helmet. I swear that was a Cowboys yesterday. helmet yesterday. <laughs> and now it's a Seattle Seahawks helmet <laughs> hanging up on the wall for those of you who are listening to this podcast <laughs> and not watching it on, on video. But there is a Cowboys helmet hey, on the left. It's a beautiful canvas in the middle, and then a Seattle Seahawks helmet on the right, Rob. It, it's just it's just the matchup. It's the matchup. For oh, the it's it's what it is. Go to the, if yeah. you go to the star, if you go to the star right off the atrium, it's got all the helmets for the entire mm-hmm. NFL. No, Rob. The, whoever the Cowboys are playing, it lights up. Give the it, weeks. Isaiah no, just right. Isaiah just brought the star to the Sandback House. Come on, man. Sandback Studios, baby. Sandback no. Studios. Oh, Rob, that's I knew it. I always liked you. That's how, that's how you that's No. How, thank the you. The thing very is, much. is that he does not have a Cleveland Browns helmet for I didn't play for them. I didn't so, play for them. That's no, true. No, so how did all of a sudden miraculously does this Seahawks helmet show up on your wall? Now tell me this. Do when you flip that that your poster around, is the space needle on the backside of it? Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I didn't get that custom version. That's a custom. Version. <laughs> listen, when, we, when we play when we play the Giants, okay, when we, I played for the Giants organization. We played the Patriots. I played for the Patriots organization. Are you okay? gonna put the that's helmet up there is, then too? If I, had, if I you know, if that's the matchup of the week and I have the helmet, why not? Okay. Why not? Okay. The man We're is from suspicious. Seattle. He's from Seattle. We're suspicious. I'm from Seattle. Come on. I spent my whole life up there. You're Come acting on. pretty suspicious I used to walk here. to the games, man. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Hey, okay. hey, Dallas paid me. Seattle raised me. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. <laughs> I like that. I like oh, that. that's a, that's a pretty good saying. But hey, we love you anyways, and we're ready to, <laughs> to talk about this matchup. No better person to talk about this matchup for somebody who played for both teams, and, and that's exactly what Isaiah Stanback has mm-hmm. done. But uh, guys, I wanted to start this off by by looking at really the the offense 
for Seattle. And, and of course, they're off to a, a fantastic start. Russell Wilson, just the fourth player in the Super Bowl era to throw at least nine touchdown passes over the first two weeks of the season. Drew Brees in 2009, Super Bowl MVP season. Peyton Manning in 2013 won MVP that year. And then Patrick Mahomes in 2018, guess what he did in 2018? He won the MVP. So mm. you talk about a guy who's never had an MVP vote, which I think is just a travesty for all MVP voters in the world. The fact that Russell Wilson throughout his eight year now into his ninth year career uh, has not had a vote, a single vote for the MVP award. But he's, uh, he's, he's making a case right yeah. now. He's making a case to, to do that. Disrespect. It, it is really disrespectful. But, Rob, whenever it comes to Russell Wilson and you're looking at this offense for Seattle, they're firing all cylinders because three's playing extremely well. How do you start even game planning to slow that down? Well, you said it. I, I watched back the Pats game last night, and that first touchdown drive they had, it's, it was a thing of beauty, man. It was, yeah. it was mm-hmm. 13 plays. 75 yards, six runs, seven passes, and three times he got out of trouble. It, they weren't even designed runs, just scrambles. One for 21 yards. One was a slow developing play action that he got out of trouble for six. And th- the balance was there. They used their backs. They used their tight ends. They used their receivers. And, oh, by the way, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. And <laughs> I, I, I don't know how you stop him, honestly, other than I, I know every time they played Seattle – in the Rod Marinelli era, he talked about keeping him in the well. You've got, you've got to be disciplined in your rushes and don't let him get outside the pocket. But then you've got to watch him scrambling up the middle, too, which is why we talked about the spy yesterday. I, I, don't, I don't know what you do other than try to get a pass rush on him. Try to be more effective than you've been the first two weeks of the season because the Cowboys will admit it hasn't been up to, up to par so far. Yeah, and so as we talk about this defense, right, the Cowboys defense and trying to slow down the disrespected MVP caliber quarterback that is Russell Wilson, uh, there's only been one thing that I've ever seen that has really slowed down Russell Wilson and really caused him issues. And that one thing is pressure on the interior line. The only time he's ever been disrupted as a quarterback is when he has that interior pressure and the defensive end state discipline. You guys mentioned him being able to contain him, right, and being able to spy him. The spy doesn't really work. There's not many guys in the NFL that can really not not react to his to his moves, right, man to man, right. You, if Russell Wilson decides to scramble, one guy's really not going to stop him. Not a guy out in space, right, with a two way go, um, with giving Russell Wilson a two way go. So when you provide pressure. With that interior D lineman. So when we talk about Poe, when we talk about Gallimore, when we talk about Tristan Hill, we talk about these guys and their abilities that they have, right? They are going to have to show up if Dallas wants to be successful against Russell Wilson because he can get out the pocket. But if you provide pressure in the middle and you contain him on the outside, now you have him doing running around and causing all kinds of stir. So that's how you stop this man. That is the only way you stop this man. Our big boys up front got to show up. Mm. Now, Isaiah, do you remember when they used to call Russell a bus driver in Seattle? He was considered the bus driver. Now, the bus driver has turned into a Formula One racer. <laughs> he, is do- he is throwing the ball all over the place. And, Rob, like you said, that game last week versus New England was an instant classic. If you love watching the strategy of football, it was all you needed was in this one game. And... 
You're right. I mean, you just have to take a deep breath and ask yourself, how are you going to deal with all of the things that Russ can do? And Brian Schottenheimer is allowing Russ to cook. Mm -hmm. And Russ is looking unstoppable or Mr. Unlimited, as he's calling himself these days, because what do you do? Do you uh, do you play him in zone like New England did last last week? He just throws that ball right over the top of you and, and make it a feast of all those long balls to the pile on. Do you play him in cover three? He just throws it over the top of your linebackers. If you go cover two, he'll find the seam with his favorite re receiver, Tyler Lockett. And so there are a multitude of things that I'm sure Mike Nolan has been staying up at night wondering how he's going to stop this guy. But it's going to come down to a few factors, and that's just making DK Metcalf normal or human, I guess. And how do you do that? Just try, try and turn that guy, the big play receiver, you know he wants to hit you long, but turn him into Michael Irvin. Turn him into a possession receiver. Make it be short, and he has to go long. But Tyler Lockett is one of the guys that he really wants to catch you with. And, man, the, the, the Cowboys secondary, man, they have their work cut out for him. And this is this is the week, man, that you, you figure out where we are because if you're basing it off of your performance versus the Rams in Atlanta, huh, yeah, just take a deep breath. <laughs> there's there's really no way to sugarcoat it whenever it comes to the, the deep threat ability of this Seattle offense. And you look at the passing chart from Russell Wilson last week. Go on next-gen stats. They do a fantastic job of putting out these charts from quarterbacks and where their throws were and where they were successful and how far their touchdown throws were from the line of scrimmage. And somebody tweeted out yesterday and said, when you're – throwing chart as a quarterback looks more like a home run derby that's when you know you're really balling and that's exactly what it looked like for Russell Wilson he had four touchdown passes it seemed like that were over 15 yards of distance from the line of scrimmage last week against the New England Patriots and he's able to hit those guys deep whether it's Tyler Lockett whether it's DK Metcalf Trayvon Diggs Cheeto Uzier, Jordan Lewis those guys are going to have a tough matchup regardless and that's where I kind of agree with Isaiah here whenever it comes to the defensive line you have to have pressure especially in the interior which is a place where when you watch the film against Atlanta you're kind of bullied you really were by an offensive line that wasn't necessarily touted coming into the day. You had Dontari Poe pushed around. Even Tristan Hill at times didn't look great. And, and I know he's kind of still on the ascending side of his career, but you got to be able to get pressure. They weren't able to do that. Now, Dontari Poe has played against the, the Seahawks three times in his career, and he's registered seven tackles, three tackles for loss, a sack, and three pressures. So maybe if history's on his side... Dontari Poe might have a, a better game and have it a little <laughs> bit of an uptick, and you might be able to get pressure. But, uh, Heckma, is that really uh, outside of the secondary? I know you just mentioned the secondary. If you're able to get pressure, is it really that easy to slow down Russell Wilson, or is it much more than that? Well, I think one of the things that – and that's a, that's a great question, but the, the thing about Russ is because of his height, he has to find a launching point. He's when his he's in his shotgun formation. Mm -hmm. He's a he's back further than a lot of your taller uh, quarterbacks. So he knows. I mean, his offensive line. These guys are averaging six five. So he has to get out of the pocket to create those passing lanes because of his height. And so it's going to be very important that even if the Cowboys don't get there, that at least they get their hands up so they can knock some balls down. But mm -hmm. the pass rush is going to be pivotal in this game, and and it's going to come down to those guys that you pointed out, Hill, Paul. 
Cole, Tyron Crawf uh, Crawford, mm -hmm. and Alden Smith. And, and Tank Lawrence's injury really, it, it worries me. We hadn't heard a lot about uh, where he is right now, but we're going to need our full arsenal of guys to get him because we're going to have to get him on the ground. And, and spying him with one of our linebackers isn't the answer. <laughs> you know, the Falcons got three sacks on him, and mm -hmm. that gives me a little bit of, of optimism because you can pressure Russell Wilson because he's going to hold on to the ball, man. He's going to yeah. wait until the last opportunity to get rid of that thing. Um, can you get him on the ground, though, is, is the other question, <laughs> because I think he'll take hits, but, but he will, um, he'll buy time and, and either get away from you or get the ball out eventually. The th thing I love about him the most is he's like the most calm quarterback I've ever seen. Mm -hmm, Just, yes. I mean, it's almost like he's in slow motion. He, he doesn't have the Peyton Manning happy feet. You know, things are going crazy around him, but he's, he's just very calm and poised back there. Um, I, I think they can get pressure on him if he's willing to, if the, if the coverage can hold up on the back end and make him have to wait. I think you might be able to hit him some. question is how much can you bring him down? Now, yeah, I, you guys are hitting on all really good points. Really good, really good points, man. And, and, and what I believe that is really the key, I know Kyle, we're about to go into another segment here, but one of the key things is, the only thing that has ever worked, and believe me, I've been watching Russell Wilson for a long time, obviously, with my Seattle ties. <laughs> Whenever you can get that interior push, right, and you can stunt your defensive ends. I know we brought up Lawrence. We brought up Alden Smith, right, and being that those guys are going to be in this stand-up position, I really think it puts them at a disadvantage versus their hand being in the ground because they, they don't have the, the innate ability to stunt as, as – um, as efficiently as they would have with their hand in the ground. And when I say stunt, I mean meaning that those guys are putting their hands in the ground, potentially, right, or they're standing up, and they're, they're, they're then letting the interior defense alignment rush outside, and they're crossing face. What that does is it causes confusion. It causes confusion on the offensive line. So when these guys are trying to pass off somebody from the guard to the tackle, right, if the guard has somebody lined up over them, right, and that person goes now outside towards the tackle, they're following those guys out until they pass them off to the tackle. Meanwhile, Alden Smith and, and yeah. D-Law, those guys would be crossing face now coming and bringing that pressure interiorly while those interior guys are now being the contained guys. That's how you stop Russell Wilson. Um, it's the only thing that ever causes him any confusion because he does like to spin outside the pocket. And when you have those guys pressure upside, he can't step up and you won't allow him to get out. Now, all of a sudden, you provided some problems because if, as long as you don't allow for him to have time, that's what causes people a lot of problems with him because he does buy time. And when he buys time, that's a long time for these DBs and these guys in the secondary to try to guard these four, two and four, three receivers that, that Seattle has. It's impossible. It's an, it's an eternity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of can time. Can I flip it real quick and just, and just mention uh, – sorry, Kyle. Yeah, can go I, for can it, Can I Rob. just mention – because we're, we're, we're on the Russ – topic right now and Dak Prescott by the way is your is your offensive player of the week for week yes two he is with the Dallas Cowboys how about that which and no surprise really but Hegma Hegma brought up a really interesting point about bus driver right and I think Russ early in his career he, he kind of I mean they let him kind of manage the game yeah and they had such a great defense that yeah. you know they tried to rely on on that first and mm -hmm. and, tr and, and try to you know manage the game offensively and he look he is slinging it around. We know that. I think. I think first quarter in week one, he had like ten or eleven passes. I mean, they're they're letting him loose. And to me, it's just a reminder that I think we try to microwave quarterbacks and mm -hmm. what they're going to be. And Tom Brady was the same way. And I'm not saying Dak Prescott's going to end up with the career of Tom Brady 
or I think Russ is headed to the Hall of Fame probably. Um, but you're seeing Dak, you're seeing the evolution of Dak's game too, where he, uh, where you are, where he oh, can. Oh, Rob, I know where you're going with this. I like it. Well, don't interrupt him. Don't interrupt him. Keep going, Rob. Keep going, Rob. I want to hear it. I'm saying that he can he can go win you a football game. He doesn't have to rely on everything being perfect around him. Mm-hmm. He lost his tight end last week. The offensive line was a mess, and and the pressure was there a lot of the time. And he still made it work with 450 yards. I just we haven't talked a whole lot about Dak this week. I just wanted to throw that out there. Like let's let's give the man some credit. Like he's he's hey, pretty good. Rob, no doubt that boy's he's balling right. These first two games, he's taking care of business. But let's just bring up the fact oh, that you mentioned butt. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, <laughs> and Hall of Fame in the same sentence with, no, with Dak Prescott. I'm just, I'm just making sure I'm that not, you knew that that, that that happened. He did that. I'm not going there. I'm saying he's in his fifth year, and mm-hmm. we're starting to see him evolve no, into okay. a guy that can be that type of guy. And, and I think that's what the, he doesn't have that long-term deal yet. Will it happen? I, <laughs> yes, we'll it see. will happen. <laughs> Rob, but, say it with your chest, Rob. But you said it the first time. No, he's backpedaling right now. Heck, you let no, him I'm not. No, I'm not. What the Cowboys are banking on, <laughs> what the Cowboys are banking on is that he's going to continue to ascend to, by the time he's 30, he's going to be that guy. He's going to yeah. be a guy. He's going to be the offense starts with Dak Prescott. And obviously, Absolutely. you know, they want Zeke here for the long term, too. But I think that's that's the track they're expecting him to be on. We'll see. I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah, no, good point, man. <laughs> like he's, he's he's doing he's doing a good job. He's elevating, and he's got a long way to go to get to Russell Wilson territory already. And and I saw an interesting conversation, a very fascinating one on Twitter yesterday. And some somebody asked, I can't remember exactly what the account was, but somebody asked, is there a, a possibility that you can name five or six quarterbacks that are better? than Russell Wilson all time. And I was like, yeah, sure, it's five or six quarterbacks. That's easy stuff. And you start going down the wow. list, and it kind of gets hard around five or six. It gets to the point where you're you're saying he might be in that conversation. I don't know. I would still probably put him maybe six or seven compared to some of the other greats. But you look at, uh, you look at like a Tom, Tom Brady, a Peyton Manning, uh, I mean, just guys like that, Joe Montana up there. But other than that, Russell Wilson's at least kind of in that category already. And if he adds another Super Bowl title sometime or an MVP sometime, who knows what his possibilities could be as his career goes along. And if Dak Prescott could even sniff that, then all of a sudden you're having a, a fantastic career, and the Cowboys fans would be quite happy with that moving forward. But we're going to come back. When we come back, there was a little drama on uh, Cowboys Twitter yesterday, including one of our good friends uh, from across the way at our flagship station, 105.3 The Fan. We're going to talk about that, and was he right when we come back here on Talking Cowboys? Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. 
Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more, do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Since 18... To Talkin' Cowboys. You're with Talking Cowboys, a Wednesday edition. Glad you're with us as we break down the Cowboys defense versus the Seattle offense and how in the world are we slowing down Russell Wilson heading into Sunday trying to get to 2-1 and one on the season. And in my opinion, the winner of this game is completely and utterly vaulted into the conversation of a potential NFC favorite conversation uh, because of the... the, the wow! I, I really think so. I wow. really do. And that's crazy. Isn't that crazy how things can turn Man. around with, with one week? I mean, if the Cowboys lose, no, that's not the case. Say it with your chest. But I'm saying it with my chest. <laughs> if the Cowboys beat the Seahawks, all of a sudden you're a 2-1. and one, You've got an easier schedule ahead of you. You could potentially be in that conversation. And I'm not saying they're the favorite, but I'm saying they're in the conversation. Now, before we get into this next segment, are you coming to the Cowboys game next weekend? Make sure you know before you go, wear a mask, keep distance, and be prepared for cashless transactions. Please be aware of all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details. That's if you're going to the, uh, the Sunday, October 4th game against the Cleveland Browns. Talk about an easier schedule. We'll get into that matchup next week. Uh, but you, if you're going to the game, stay safe. Be sure to stay up to date on all of the regulations. But yesterday... There's a little bit of drama in Cowboys Twitter, and Cowboys Twitter is a fun place. Let's just say it that way. Uh, it's a fun place at times. <laughs> it's a hostile place at times. It's one of my favorite places just because of how fun and passionate it could be, and that's what makes our jobs fun is the passion that the fans have and the the, the interaction that you have with, with media members and other media members. And one of my favorite people in the media is Jeff Cavanaugh over at 105.3 The Fan. I've learned so much from Jeff throughout our time on the draft show and just from listening for, to him throughout the early parts of my career. Well, he got himself in a little drama yesterday on Twitter, and it wasn't necessarily his fault. And there's a reason why we're going to bring this up and talk <laughs> about this, because I think he's right. Anyways, he, t- he tweeted out and he said, Everson Griffin hasn't been good for the Cowboys at all yet. Remember that yet word right there at the end. Well, normal tweet, he's watching the All-22 as he does. He works extremely hard at his craft and really gets to, to breaking down these players. And he thought Everson Griffin wasn't the same sort of player that he had seen on film prior to his addition to the Cowboys. Well, 
Everson Griffin took exception to that, and he comes back, and he's pretty ver- vulgar in his first tweet. We can't really say that one on air, but then he starts talking about, please explain what I'm doing wrong in week two of football, and then the responses started flying in. He starts going off, going back and forth, really, with Jeff Cavanaugh. They're talking about what he's doing wrong, how he's evolving, and basically it ends up in a, a back-and-forth conversation that was picked up by TMZ, plenty of different places saying he went quote-unquote nuclear. I don't necessarily think it was nuclear on either side. I think it was actually a little bit of an exception at first, then morphing into what ended up being actually very meaningful conversation between the two and a lot of cool insight from Everson Griffin's side, talking about how his game is evolving, how he's got slow hands, and how he's starting to turn into the player that he wants to be. But my question to you guys about the Twitter beef and about what Jeff Kavanaugh initially said on Twitter about Everson Griffin not playing well, and and Isaiah, I'm going to start with you on here. Was he right, and how can Everson Griffin continue to progress as a pass rusher heading into Seattle week? Hey, guys, do y'all hear that echo, man? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, um, yeah, so, no, he's he's wrong. He's he's completely wrong. <laughs> Kavanaugh's so, I mean, wrong? <laughs> Ever, yeah, Kavanaugh's wrong. I mean, Everson Griffin has been a, a solid force for this defensive line. Now, now we talk about Everson Griffin and, you know, oh, you know, is he balling out? Is he getting sacks left and right? No, but there's so much more responsibilities for defense alignment aside from just simply getting sacks and tackles for losses. I mean, if you play 60 games in a uh, – if you play 60 snaps in a game, you can ha- – I mean, if you grade out as a B-plus or, or an A, you, you might not have a tackle for a loss. You might not have – uh, a sack, right? Because you you still carried out your responsibilities. You still held your gap. You still got that guy off from not allowing him to go up to the next level. So there's so many so many aspects of the game that that, that the average person doesn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when he doesn't, when you don't know their responsibilities, you can't sit up here and critique how well they play. Now, if they're getting drugged and they're getting pancaked and and ran out the club, okay, thrown out the club like like like, like Jeff from uh, like Jazzy Jeff from Prince Prince, <laughs> then that's then that's that's something else right but everson griffin has been there he's we've called his name we've seen him be there and you haven't seen him get thrown out so i mean i think he's 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 wrong Ekma? rob i'm gonna let you take you're you're hey rob you you're the writer man you're the guy that, <laughs> that you know they pay to hear your opinion <laughs> man, there's no open locker rooms this year to have these kind of conversations in person <laughs> um mm. and i've had a couple of those in, in my day um Man, this made TMZ really. Yeah, it made it TMZ. Did. Yep. I it mean, made I, TMZ. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't think, think they blew it way out of proportion I, I, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say this, and I haven't talked to players about this personally, but I, I would imagine that this year, criticism probably stings more than it would in another year. Mm. You know, because players haven't had the time to get ready, and I'm not. I'm not making excuses. I'm just stating facts, and that's that's around the league. Uh, no Everson Griffin signed right before the start of training camp didn't even have the virtual off season program. And I get that he's a vet, but, um, and, you know, and I, I respect what Jeff does. Jeff does the work and, and Jeff puts time into his opinions. Um, but I, I will say I got asked by the fan, right. Is that all of this was happening. And the thing that I did point out was Everson Griffin had two pressures late in the game to get the Cowboys defense off the field and help them win the football game to come back. Now, overall has the pass rush been, what it needs to be, they've admitted, no, overall it's not. That it's, we just talked about it in the first segment. They've got to get, get more pressure. 
Um, but I, I would add, you know, what – and Everson had a bunch of tweets throughout the morning, I guess. Mm-hmm. The one that he – that really jumped out to me was actually something we said on the show right before all this happened. And I think Heckman brought it up first. He said it's all about the trend line, right? It's week two. They've had a lot of injuries. There's a lot of new concepts. There's a lot of new players. Let's judge the defense as it goes here because I think it's probably too early to say this player or that scheme uh, won't do it. Now, I know Jeff's just talking about what happened so far, but I think we've got to wait and see how this defense evolves. Look, guys, look, we family now, guys. We, We family. We've been doing this together for a while, and I consider us brothers, you know. So I want to share. We're brothers. I want to. Sh- I want to share something a, with y'all. We need to hold hands. And I have. I have two. We might. I wish we was in the studio because we could <laughs> hold hands at this point. But guys, I have two phobias in life, and that, those are bears. Bears and people. Bears is one, and people that don't blink. You ask me, bears. Look, man. I have a feeling that I'm the, a brother from Oak Cliff that will be eaten by a bear. I don't know why that's happening, but that's just me, right? People that don't blink. Look, breathing is like blinking. Right? You don't have to tell yourself to breathe or blink. I watched Everson Griffin do an Instagram video when he first got with the Cowboys and for a minute and 13 seconds, he didn't blink. That told me everything I need to know about Everson Griffin. <laughs> I won't tweet anything about Everson Griffin. As a matter of fact, if I see Everson Griffin in the hallway, I'm going the other way. So, Kavanaugh, man, you're a brave soul. I salute you and right on. <laughs> I don't, what just happened here? I don't, I don't, I don't know where to I go from that. here. Like, I, I don't know where oh, to go after this. That's why I love you, man. I, I won't touch it. Oh, my gosh. I won't touch um, it. Rob, I'll did you say. catch that? <laughs> oh, God. I caught bears and people who don't blink. I, 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 I love bears. It. Oh, my. What, what, what are we talking about? I don't, I don't touch it. I don't mess with it. It's just something. Look. When the last time you talked to somebody oh. that didn't blink for two minutes? Get away uh, from them. I'm just the last you. time I ran into Dragonfly Jones, okay? Ninjas <laughs> don't blink. <laughs> Get away. Get away. Oh, man. So, I, I mean, I understand I understand the criticism, but at the same time, you know, Everson Griffin said it correctly, man. He's just like, look, I had been here long enough, and it's, it's hard to judge the tape based off of how long I've been here. But I'm just telling you, Everson Griffin, for what I didn't know about him prior to coming to the Dallas Cowboys, boys I know he's somebody that you don't want to mess with on the football field he may be sweet as pie off of it and mm-hmm. I doubt it but at the same time I just feel like you know <laughs> that was a brave thing that was a brave thing to say about him and the fact is he didn't add him on it. he didn't say like, at Everson no. Griffin isn't playing he just said Everson Griffin and Everson responded so I'm sure Kavanaugh was like whoa I wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that. And, you know, yeah. in, in terms of keep my name out your mouth, I mean, that's that's analogous to keep that energy when I see you. So I'm just saying, like, it, <laughs> it got out of control fast. Yeah, and, and you get the passion from both sides. And you also look at <laughs> with, with Jeff Cavanaugh specifically, I mean, he, he is confident in what he sees. He's, he does the work. He's very good at what he does. And I respect the, the hell out of Jeff Cavanaugh. It's just the fact that it was surprising. That Everson Griffin uh, did respond. It's nothing out of the ordinary for Jeff Cavanaugh to to do a film study and make an analysis. And sometimes uh, just players, I guess, catch wind of it, and that's exactly what happened. Now, before we head into this final segment and we take our second break, Rob, uh, on the other side of Everson Griffin, still a lot of question marks about Demarcus Lawrence. I haven't personally heard anything, but do you have any sort of update or have you heard anything specifically about D-Law and his status moving into Week 3? Uh, you know, just based off what Jerry said on the fan yesterday, it didn't sound like he was too concerned about it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so what that means for practice this week, I'm not, I'm not sure. We'll talk to Mike McCarthy at, what, 30 minutes or so and, and see what he does. Um, but I think the fact that he was able to kind of get in and out of the lineup in the second half, I think, is encouraging. Uh, the question is, you know, if, he, if he's active and he starts, is he, is he 100%? Maybe a week between games will, will help him out. But uh, I, I think we'll just have to see what he does throughout the week of practice. And hopefully uh, he's ready to go because the Cowboys could absolutely use his help in, in the run game and then also uh, when it comes to trying to keep Russell Wilson in the well and keep him in the pocket and, and allow him to feel that pressure moving into uh, his progressions and hopefully the Cowboys game coming up here this Sunday. When we come back, linebackers, can they have the encore that they did on this past Sunday, again this Sunday. Can they play well again? Joe Thomas and, and Jalen Smith, we'll talk about it next when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. So now the phobias of, of snakes and spiders, <laughs> along with the bears of Hecma, have been brought up in the break. We're going through our phobias. Uh, let us know your phobia, I guess, on the Periscope <laughs> I was just, I was just telling Hecma... I was just telling Heckma, you got to go to a specific place to find a bear, man. Yeah. Like, you can walk outside here mountains. in Texas and find a snake or a spider and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I agree. I, look, man, hey. I don't know what I saw. I just I just cannot deal with it, and I just have a feeling. <laughs> and, and people have told me, like, Heckma, they, they have this thing called bear repellent. And to me, that's seasoning for the bear. Like, I don't <laughs> bear repellent. 
So, hey, Rob, Rob and Kyle, I have nothing for you, man. I, I've learned so much about Heck this week. You know, he blinking, too. bears, extra revenue. I mean, I don't know where, to, I don't know what else to really talk about. I just, I oh man. And uh, here's the thing: whether I'm, you're, I'm giving it all I got. Yeah, it, you are giving it all you got. And whether you're watching from home or searching for bears in the woods with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting bear. Book an appointment with your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lenses for you. See more, do more, Essilor, rawr. Um, what, a, what a segue there. Yeah, I just wanted to, I needed yeah. to fit that in. We're, we're running out of time here. But uh, yeah, we will appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure they'd love it. Um, moving into one final segment of this offense for Seattle versus the Cowboys oh, defense. Yeah. And uh, I, I really want some education here for, for those of you who really enjoy watching the linebackers. And I'm specifically looking at you three because I'm not a big linebacker film study guy. Uh, I'm more of an offensive, defensive lineman, wide receiver, DB sort of dude. But whenever it comes to last week, Joe Thomas was, was fantastic. <laughs> in terms of the way that, that he stepped up and filled a role for Leighton Van Der Esch. Jalen Smith played better in Week 2 than he did in Week 1, but still, I still think uh, you, you're not seeing the best from Jalen Smith as of yet. Whenever you're going up against a team like Seattle, and, and Rob, we're going to start with you on this one, but whenever you're going up against a team like Seattle that likes to air the football deep, that likes to throw it long, and likes to let, right now, let Russ cook, how do these linebackers adjust, and how do they find a way to make an impact both in coverage and in the run game against a guy like Chris Carson? Well, you're right. I mean, they have the deep threats down the field. Metcalf has, has been dynamic so far. Obviously, Lockett's been doing this for a lot of years. But just watching them so far, I think they they get all their guys involved at all different levels of the field. I mean, I think Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde, they'll use them on swing passes. Uh, they'll get them involved in, in the short game. And, you know, they've got a couple tight ends they like as well. Disley's uh, a good player. Obviously, Olsen's done it for a lot of years. So mm -hmm. I think there are going to be situations where linebackers are going to have to be involved in coverage. And you mentioned some of their the job they did, uh, you know, up front, maybe stopping the run. They did a nice job, I thought, overall against Atlanta. That's something to build on what they did in the running game. Like you said, Jalen was, was effective. Um, Thomas as well. There were some angles you watched. Maybe they could have taken a better angle here or there. Uh, but, no, I, I think they've got to be – they're going to have a key role in this game because while Wilson likes to go down the field, they also set up things down the field with some of that intermediate stuff too. So they've got to be on point there. Hey. Yeah, I'll, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Isaiah. Go ahead. No, no go ahead. Heck. Go ahead. No, the, the linebackers have their, their work cut out for them in this game. And, and Isaiah brought up a point about tight ends uh, in 12 personnel and stacking their tight ends, stacking tight ends. And Seattle does a really good job of that. And it stretches your defense and puts your linebackers in those one-on-one -on -one situations. And Jalen Smith, first week, I think everybody by committee was just kind of down on Jalen Smith. Mm -hmm. And I think PFF, as Kyle pointed out, graded him really low. But it was a complete 180 to the next week where he graded out in the 70s in coverage and run defense and so really positive about that but no one grades out perfect neither did Joe Thomas but where he was was solid uh, in the run game and as you know Seattle they have Carlos Hyde they have Carson they have a lot of guys and also Russell Wilson on those design runs and so 
For me, it's just the fact that Jalen Smith is going to be in some one-on-one -on -one situations with Olsen or maybe one-on-one -on -one situations mm. with Carson in those wheel routes. And that's where I worry. It's not that I don't believe that he's up to it. I just feel like recognizing it, maybe taking a false step here or there and getting out in coverage may be his Achilles heel. But these guys are watching plenty of tape on it so they know exactly how Seattle is going to try and attack him. Yeah, just just be as as plain as straightforward as possible. Uh, straight, no ice. Uh, these the linebackers have problems this week. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're, this backfield is the most physical backfield that they faced this year. Um, it's it's essentially it's equivalent to facing Brown right in the first week against the Rams and how physical he was. You have two guys that are just as physical as Brown was. Um, but we saw how, how 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 he brought that hat, right? So you have Carson and you have Carlos Hyde, who's running the ball like he like he has a point to prove right now. Um, and both of those guys are compact, they're thick, they they have some speed on them, and they gonna they're gonna bring it when they when they come. And that works to advantage of our linebackers because the Cowboys linebackers, Thomas and Jalen Smith, they they are there at their best when they're able to play downhill and be aggressive. So those two powers coming together. We'll see how that turns out. The problem is because Seattle runs the ball so efficiently, it and they will use Jalen Smith and Joe Thomas's aggression against them. Right. Right. So as you start talking about their ability to start coming downhill, Seattle's going to hand the ball. Seattle will run the ball the entire uh, for an entire series without mm -hmm. throwing the ball just to get those linebackers to commit. And then once Joe Thomas and Jalen Smith get in that instinctive mode where they're now just responding and coming downhill. That's when Greg Olson gets behind you and eats. That's when Carson runs on a wheel route when you're trying to come up and lay a hat and he runs around you. So that's what that's what really sets up and that's what makes this offense in Seattle. Seattle has never been a lineup and throw it around type offense, even though they're throwing it more consistently now. It still yeah. is off of the play action. Yep. Seattle is a run first team. So Jalen Smith and and um, and Joe Thomas are going to have to really calm themselves down and be patient and be poised because they will get lured into being set up for big plays. It's kind of like the Giants when, when Eli was in his prime. You know, they they use the run game and the Jacobs and the play action mm -hmm. and everything to go deep Ooh. and to, and to try to try to soften the coverage up and take those deep shots. That's kind of what you're seeing a little bit from from Russ this year through two games. Yeah. Yes. I think Seattle that's... went second and three, I believe. On a second and three, they threw a deep route. Uh, man, on a second and three. I mean, that's, a, that's naturally yeah. for a defense that's going to tell you that's a running down. And, mm -hmm. and on second and nine, they'll run the ball. And so with letting Russ Cook is bringing a lot of variation to their offense. And I think, again, Mike Nolan hadn't slept since Sunday. So he has a lot to look for uh, in this Seattle offense. Well, and before I know Kyle has to go, but 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 heck, when you when you allude to these short these short distance, you know, second down and third down plays, sometimes even fourth down, when you would key on an offense running the ball. These long passes for Seattle are not low percentage pass plays like they are for most quarterbacks and most teams. He throws a ball at such with such accuracy on deep balls that guess what? It's not a risk to throw the ball forty yards down that's the field crazy. on a second and third, on second is, and three. That is crazy to even hear you say that because that's not even conventional football, and he just <laughs> he destroys all of that. You're right. His deep ball is like a handoff. It's yeah. it's amazing the touch that Russell Wilson has. Yeah, there were a couple plays in that Patriots game where you couldn't have run down the field and set it into a receiver's hands better than what Russell Wilson's throw ultimately ended up being. The fact that he was able to hit those guys in stride so efficiently, it's a little bit scary. But is this the scariest offense that the Cowboys have seen so far? They've seen two really good ones. 
Rams. I mean, the Rams week one, sure, they were a little dink and dunk. It was a little bit more of a different look of an offense. You saw a, a completely 180 version of that with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley last week. But where do this, the, the Seattle offense rank in terms of teams that you're most scared about? And Ekma, we'll go with you first. I believe what, what scares me about Seattle is their efficiency and their balance. That's it. I mean, he's not putting up those Matt Ryan 400-yard, 300, whatever it was that had him number one in the league last week. Mm -hmm. He's not doing that. I mean, he's finishing with 289, but he's so efficient. He's completing 86% of his passes, and his QBR is out of this world. So it's just that they're balanced, and Russell, Russ is just so efficient. Yeah, this this is the most dangerous offense that 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 they faced wow. so far. Um, now we as we go forward, um, we'll see what happens. But as of right now, this is the most dangerous. I know we would say the Rams um, were probably the most dangerous early on, but you know the fact that Russell Wilson just doesn't make mistakes. Mm -hmm. That you know, and that that alludes to everything Heck just said. Russell's not going to lose you the game, which is why they used to call him the bus driver back in the day because hey, simply manage the game and we win. Right, our defense will help us right. win. Now it's right. like hey. He still has those same attributes, right? But now he has the ability to really call everything the way he wants to, and they're patient. They are very, very patient. They are not going to feel rushed. At no point in time do they feel like they're out of the game. It doesn't matter how much you're up. They're going to run it. They're going to play action. And they have weapons all over the field. You alluded to already, Kyle, how, how he's spreading the ball all over the field. This is this is what makes the team dangerous is the fact that they don't turn the ball over. They're patient on offense. They're going to run the ball and they go with play action. They have the speed to beat you over the top. That's a dangerous team. Yeah, they, they've got the best quarterback of the three the Cowboys have faced. And I don't think it's close right now because of mm -hmm. what the ways he can beat you in different ways, more so than than Ryan or Goff. I mean, they've, they've had some changes up front. I think they got three new starters. They've got a rookie at, at I believe, right guard. But. It, it's Russell Wilson, man. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see how they match up with him because, yes, it's the best challenge they've had so far. It's a benchmark game. It really is for the Cowboys. You, you got the win last week. You got lucky on that one. See if you can do it again. See if you can replicate and continue to improve. That's what I want this coaching staff to show me is that you can improve as the season goes along. It's something that we were really frustrated with in the Jason Garrett era is the fact that you were stuck in an identity. I think now you can take that identity and evolve it as the season goes along, and this is a great way to do it up against the best in the NFC, and that's what the Seattle Seahawks are. Now, tomorrow we're going to break down the Cowboys offense against the Seattle defense where I really do think the Seattle defense is susceptible. Jamal Adams in his first game in a Seahawks uniform against the Cowboys, his hometown team. We'll break all of that down starting at 9.30 a.m. tomorrow. If you have questions, send them to us on Twitter. We'll answer those throughout the show and continue to break down this week three matchup as the Cowboys travel to the great Northwest. But that's it for Talking Cowboys today. For Isaiah Stanback, for Rob Phillips and Heckma Harrison, special thanks to Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you tomorrow with more Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?